U.S. men's national team set to take on Costa Rica tonight at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. We sent our correspondent, Ivis Galarsep, there. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly in Denver. Is Ivis Galarsep. What's up, buddy? Uh, how you doing, man? It's uh, it's a little chilly here in Denver, but, uh, you know, we're ready to go for the big game tomorrow night. The U.S. team seems pretty focused and, you know, coming off of that big story in the sporting news earlier in the week that, that ruffled a lot of feathers and yes. opened some eyes about the Jurgen Klinsmann uh, era, uh, it seems like the team's responding pretty well. Yeah, well, what's what's... Brian Strauss, I mean, I, I think at this point, everyone has read the article. Everyone knows what's been said. You know, what do you take away from that, Ivis? Because, I mean, that was a bomb to drop, you know, right before this crucial game tonight. Right. I mean, the timing wasn't ideal, obviously, especially, you know, if you're the U.S. team, you have to hate hate the timing of when that story came out. But, you know, Brian Strauss is a good good journalist, and he, he was able to get some players to talk off the record about it. And, and I think the timing just played out. You know, when he got it done, you know, I, don't, I, I know some people are questioning it and think maybe he was looking to sabotage the whole the oh, whole yeah, setup. Yeah, clearly. But I don't think that was it at all. I mean, that, that's I mean, he, no, he, he's just, a very respectable, very respected writer. And, you know, it it, it it put put it's shown a light on what's going on. And, and you know, while there, you know, there were some things in there that, that I, I've heard that, you know, aren't might not necessarily be the case. I mean, th- there has to be some truth to, to what was said in that piece. Ivis, first off. You know, you know that all journalists were out to get everyone and to sabotage everything. That's a given, right? <laughs> I don't, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't. I really don't think Brian Strauss is out to get anybody. I mean, I think he just, you know, he he stumbled on the story. He started talking to some players, and and there were clearly some some dis, dis, disgruntled players who, who aren't happy with with the setup and and how Klinsman's operating. And and I think it's interesting that after the story came out, you know, you've heard some people step forward, like Carlos Bocanegra and Tim Howard, and, and say that you know. The, the the team is the team is fine the team team is focused and and but you I don't think you've heard anyone come out and say that you know some of the things aren't true that that there are issues about you know Klinsman's preparedness mm-hmm. uh, how equipped he is to deal with the tactics and this and that which were the key some of the key things in that story as far as revealing you know questions about well, shortcom- shortcomings so you know it, you wonder you know the fact that no one's kind of stepped forward in that regard. That maybe there's some truth to that. Well, okay. Here, here's my thing. I, I thought there were some parts in the in the story that we already knew. You know, I mean, I, I think we've all come to the agreement. Well, not everyone, but personally for me, I don't think Klinsman's trying to turn this team into something that it's not going to be. I mean, the U.S. team well, was better suited, I feel, under Brad, Brad under Bob Bradley's method versus Jurgen. However, though, Jurgen's brought in some positives. However, I think there were some parts of the story that were kind of more alarming. I guess you could say maybe. The German American influence, where the German Americans kind of stick to themselves, and to me that 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 doesn't seem like something you kind of want for the cohesion of the group. Well, I tell you, that's for me. That was one of the parts of the story that I I, I didn't necessarily buy, just because you know I'm around the team, uh, I talk to the players, and I've seen the players out together, and, and I've never really gotten that sense that there's anything as far as a divide that could hurt the team. I mean, you're gonna have clicks no matter where you go, no matter what team you look at, whether you're in high school or you're on the pro level. You're gonna have you know players that that you know have more in common and just end up hanging out together more, uh, you know whether it's Clint Dempsey and, Ed, and Eddie Johnson you know eventually kind of becoming friends because they had similar backgrounds to the German guys. But that being said, I mean these guys spend time together, they go out together. I mean I have been out and I have seen these guys out together, uh, so it's not a case of the German guys don't talk to the American guys. It's not it's not that serious. I really don't think that is. And and you know Tim Howard, you know I spoke to him. This week, he he stepped out. He came out and specifically addressed that, and he said he made it clear that 
you know, any ideas that there's this that there's the divisions that could hurt the team is really off base. And if anything, I mean, this this team is is unique in the sense that it's very welcoming when it comes to new players and players who maybe uh, are a little different. You know, this U.S. team, as opposed to maybe some other teams around the world, is probably better at embracing and welcoming in new players. Well, let, let's move on to the game. I was, we could talk about that stuff forever, but, you know, the important thing is that the team is playing tonight. Clint Dempsey named captain. I think a lot of people thought Bradley was going to have it, though, but Dempsey was chosen as the captain going for this team. Good choice? It, it's, uh, you know, you couldn't go wrong with it, with him. I, th- I think most people thought it would be Michael Bradley. I think most a lot of people thought it should have been Michael Bradley. Uh, like, if it was my pick, I think I would go with Bradley just because I think he is the captain of the future. I think his maturity and his experience and just his his persona is very captain-like. You know, I think Clint Dempsey, obviously you can't argue with his resume and, and his status as a player. He's the most accomplished player mm-hmm. on the team right now. Um, but is he really a leader in the in, in the traditional sense? I, he's more of a kind of lead-by-example guy. He's not a rah-rah guy. Uh, he's not. He's not. As far as I know, someone who's going to stand up in front of a room and and kind of deliver that. Let's go get him speech. You know, that's not really him at all. But at the same time, you know, it, you don't have to necessarily have a captain like that. You know, you can have someone who leads by example, and and maybe this 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 causes uh, Dempsey to kind of step up and and be a more vocal uh, leader. But you know, I think it was going to be one of those two guys. I know there was talk of Jermaine Jones, but that was never really going to happen. I mean, I, I I know he wore the armband once before on a young. A young U.S. team in a January camp a year ago, but when we're talking about the full team, you know, I don't. Think, as far as I know, I mean, Jurgen uh, came out recently and said that he didn't consider him at all. Uh, nothing against Jones, but just the makeup of this team. Uh, other players have been on the team and with the team a lot longer than him, so he was never really a, a, a choice. But I think Clint Dempsey's a good pick. You can't, you know, you can't go wrong with what he's done for this team. Okay, so we got our captain in place. I'm, I'm naming you now coach of the U.S. Men's National Team. Congratulations. Let's go over the starters for tonight, who you think they're going to be. And goalkeeper, I think that's pretty much Brad Guzan, correct? Right. I mean, all, all Klinsman has done all week is talk about Brad Guzan, so there's no question he's the starter. Okay, so let's move on to the defense. I think the starters are going to be, what, Omar Gonzalez, Jeff Cameron, and then two guys from midfield dropping down, or, or maybe we'll see like a Justin Morrow in there by chance or Clarence Goodson. What, what do you think the defense is going to look like? Let's tell you, that, that's the tricky one. That's anyone's guess at this point. Uh, you know, I've been talking about DeMarcus Beasley for a while now, especially at left back. I think he can be an option there. And today, Jurgen Klinsmann came out and said, you know, he can play left back. So the fact that he actually publicly made that statement makes it clear that that's an option. I think we could see that. Uh, center back isn't necessarily uh, as clear as maybe we thought. I mean, I think, as we've said before, Jeff Cameron is definitely an option at right back. So, so if you move him, center backs are – you would think are Gonzalez and they do, Maurice do, but you know today Klinsman mentioned Clarence Goodson. You know he, he just in, in talking about the players that are here and the experience, he name checked Clarence Goodson. So that makes you wonder. Well, he, you think okay. he's the most capped defender, right? Think absolutely. about that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Well, that, well, it's true, but at the same time, you know, how, how does he match up with the guys that he could play alongside? I can't personally. I cannot see a Clarence Goodson, Omar Gonzalez, center back tandem. You're talking about two tall guys, not necessarily the quickest guys. And you're going to have them go up against a fast attacking trio for Costa Rica with Jairo Arrieta, Brian Ruiz, and Joel Campbell. That's That might be a recipe for disaster. I think Maurice Sidhu has to play in the back. I think his athleticism and his ability to read the game and his ability to pass out of the back, I think you have to have him back there with his experience and as well as he is playing. The question is, who do you play him with? Do you play him with Omar Gonzalez? 
you play him with Clarence Goodson or do you play him with Jeff Cameron and go with a, a young right back? Personally, I think we're going to see Cameron at right back, and I think we're going to see Maurice Adu starting with Omar Gonzalez. Okay, so you have – okay, well, I want to point out real quick before everyone starts going, what, Maurice Adu? Okay, Maurice Adu played at center back in, uh, in the Mexico game that USA won, and then also DeMarcus Beasley played in that game too. So I was quickly – what's your starting for again? In the back, left back, DeMarcus Beasley. Uh, in, in the middle, Omar Gonzalez and Marisa Du. And on the right, I think you see Jeff Cameron at right back. Boom. So there it is right there. Let's move up to the midfield here. Uh, this one, you know, can go either way. You could see maybe a Brett Shea in there uh, starting. Uh, clearly going to have Michael Bradley, Jermaine Jones in there. But who's going to be – I mean, you're probably going to have Clint Dempsey drop down, maybe be the attacking mid. So what, what, do, you, what do you take out of the midfield? Who is going to be starting, where, why, all that stuff? Well, I mean, the question, the real question, do you go 4-4-2 or do you go 4-3-3 um, if you're Klinsman? I mean, obviously, you know, variations 4-3-3-4, 2-3-1. I think Jones and Bradley obviously are going to be in the back. In the, they're going to start. They're going to anchor the midfield. Uh, I think you're going to see Clint Dempsey drop into the midfield. And then I know you mentioned Breck Shea. I just don't think he's 90 minutes fit, so I don't think he's someone that you start in this game. Graham Zussi is someone who is playing well now and is a 90-minute player. Mm-hmm. He could get a start. But, you know, the, Eddie Johnson, I think there's some – from what I've heard, sources have told me that there could be some questions about Eddie Johnson's availability. You think he had a tight hamstring earlier in the week, and, and that, that could be an issue. If he's healthy, though, I think he starts. I think you put Eddie Johnson on the left. I think you put Hercules Gomez on the right. And then in, obviously in the middle, you put Clint Dempsey playing underneath Josie Altidore. It's, that's if everybody's healthy. If any, if one of those guys, for whatever reason, I think Graham Zussi is the player that you're going to see uh, get the get the nut. So right there, I mean, it kind of looks like Ivis, like almost the U.S. would be kind of running almost like a kind of a. Uh, what, what what would you call that formation? Well, it's going to be a four-three-three. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But with, with uh, Eddie Johnson and Hercules Gomez dropping back, helping out, I think they they met. You know. You never know with Klinsman. I mean, he can definitely throw a wild card in, in into the mix. I mean, if Breck Shea, maybe Breck Shea is, is fit. Maybe he's ninety minutes fit. I don't think he is. I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything to suggest he's someone that you can start just based on playing time he's gotten. Uh, but Graham Zusi, I think it, if it's not that group that I mentioned, I think Graham Zusi is the guy you turn to. I know some people think maybe Sasha Kleshin's an option, but I think for what he wants to do and the way he wants to attack and wants to pressure them, uh, I, I think Zusi is the pick. Well, clearly, I mean, part of this Costa Rica game is to get a look at certain players for that Mexico game. Why we talked about Marisa doing to Marcus Beasley starting uh, defense. They both played in that Mexico game. You know, looking at this Costa Rica game, Ivis, does a guy like Joe Corona enter the field? Does he get some playing time? I think he could see some playing time, but I, I mean, he's not a starting option, but I think he's going to, I think he's someone you have to kind of consider bringing off the bench, especially in Mexico. You know, I think when you get to Mexico, if you need to spark off the bench, especially in midfield, I think that's a great opportunity to to give him an ex, you know an experience that that he'll never forget. And and you know he's played in big games now. I mean, especially this year, Copa Libertadores, he just played down in Brazil uh, in a big game against Corinthians. Uh, so he, you know he has that experience now. So he's not he's not he's grown up a lot in the past year. Is he ready to start yet? I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far, but I do think he's a he's a right now. I think he's a bench option. Okay, then we move to the four position, a player who's having a fabulous season. Uh, a little under the radar. People obviously know he's having a good season, but because of the season Josie Altidore is having, this player's season is, you know, not talked about, but that's Terrence Boyd, who's now scored double-digit goals for Rapid Vienna. What, what's your take on him, Ivis? Is there is there a slight possibility at all that he might see some playing time? 
You know what? I think he comes off the bench, if anything. I think uh, it was interesting today because there were some questions. You know, is Josie Altidore finally going to get Klinsman's full uh, support? Is is Klinsman going to just give him the start and, and let him do his thing? Uh, and today, Klinsman mentioned Josie Altidore when talking about guys that he needs to get that need to get the ball in this game on Friday. So it, it kind of revealed a little that you know he intends to start Josie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but but Boyd is definitely a great option off the bench, especially a game like this in, in at Altidore. You're definitely going to see some some tight legs, some some players who need, who can't go 90 minutes in in this in this environment. So I think for for you know when you talk about Josie Altidore, can he go 90 in altitude? That's going to be in that that I think that would be a tough one. And then you also have to consider the the short turnaround in the Mexico game. You know you you, you want to use your subs and make sure you make full use of your subs, not just to impact the game on Friday but also to save some legs for that Mexico game. I mean, if you can. I mean, obviously, if you're down a goal or, you know, you're struggling, that's different. But, you know, if the U.S. has a 2-0 lead or something to that effect and you can pull guys a little early, you have to think about that. And I think Boyd, in that regard, I think Boyd is someone, uh, a great option off the bench. He's young. I don't want to let the, the conditions kind of get to him. He's someone who's ready to do that. He, his first pro season has been great in Austria. He's, he's the double-digit goal scorer there. Uh, and he's having a great time. You know, he was out today. They had a, a pep rally here for, for the U.S. fans in Denver, and he and Josie Altidore attended. And, and he's he's loving it now. You know, he's taking it all in. And, and I think he's – I've said it before. I think he's going to be a breakout star when the time is right. And, Ivis, let's now move over to the other team, Costa Rica. When you look at this roster and you look at the fourth position for this team, between Sabario, Ruiz, and Campbell, it looks like they could cause a lot of headaches and a lot of issues for this back line of the U.S. men's national team. Oh, without a doubt. You know, you're talking about one of the more dynamic trios in CONCACAF. Uh, Brian Ruiz has done it before uh, against the U.S. You know, he's a standout player, the Fulham star. He, he's he's a threat coming off the right side or the left side. I mean, he can come at you from either way, either flank, but he seems more likely to be deployed on the right. He's a he's a key guy for the U.S. defense to deal with, and he's a reason why I think maybe you see Demarcus Beasley at left back, just because Beasley's speed might be able to deal with Ruiz at least somewhat, uh, and his experience as well. <clears throat> and then you have Alvaro Sabrio, the Real Salt Lake forward. He's so such a key player for what they do, you know, as the target forward in that attack. There were some questions. There was reports earlier in the week that he was in, injured and, and doubtful to play. Uh, that would have been a big blow, although now it seems like uh, the more recent talk is that he will play and that he's fine. Um, he's someone who, you know, if it's Omar Gonzalez uh, at center back, he, he's going to have to keep a body on because, you know, as we saw recently for Real Salt Lake against Victor Bernardez in San Jose, I mean, Sabarillo is, is a dangerous guy even against top top defenders. So uh, he's he's another headache for the U.S. And then Joel Campbell, who's a speedy option, uh, a, a dangerous threat. He plays in Spain. Uh, you can't forget about him either. But I, I think the key, as good as those forwards are, mm-hmm. it still comes down to the midfield and the U.S. shutting down Costa Rica's midfield and, and controlling the action in the middle. And I think the U.S. can definitely do that with Michael Bradley and Jermaine Jones. Well, going into this, what's Jurgen going to be telling his guys, you know, before we move on to MLS, because this is a uh, the SBI Express show. We're going to try to do it here in close to 30 minutes. But when you look at this U.S. men's national team, what, what okay, if you had to break down the skinny – What's what's the tactics that they should employ? What are the things that they should do that will help them win this game? Well, I mean, obviously both teams have to deal with the altitude, and the question uh, there's a big question how both teams are going to cope with that, you know, and, and that 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 is a big factor in what the U.S. can do, you know, because obviously if you're the if you're the United States, you want to pressure Costa Rica, you really want to put put pressure on and on them uh, and really defend defend high up the pitch. 
and try to force them into turnovers. But, you know, that's easier said than done when you're talking about altitude. So I, I think they, the U.S. needs to be patient. I think they need to try to control play in the middle. They have the players. And if they can wear the, uh, Costa Rica down over time and let Costa Rica kind of deal with the, the, the adverse effects of altitude, I, I believe that Costa Rica just arrived recently, so they're not acclimated, obviously, to these conditions. So it's, it could hit them pretty hard, especially in the second half. Uh, it, it, putting pressure on Costa Rica when you can and definitely possessing the ball, uh, that was a key issue in Honduras. The U.S. just wasn't able to keep the ball. They kept turning the ball over. They, the possession battle was lost against Honduras, and that's a key reason they lost that game. Uh, I think he, I think Klinsman's going to emphasize that. I think you're, uh, Clint Dempsey's going to play a big role in this game. I think he's someone who, who really has to control the tempo and really set up the attack. Because you know, the, right now the U.S. doesn't have a pure playmaker. You know, if Landon Donovan was on the team, you could argue that he's someone that you could turn to as as a midfield kind of conduit to the to the forwards. But since you don't have that. Clint Dempsey has to play that role, and I think the chances are going to come, whether it's set pieces or in the run of play. I think this is a good game for the U.S. to to create some chances and get on the board early. So, what's your prediction for the score? Uh, I, I'm going to predict the U.S. win. I, I think even with all the all the you know the the tension in the air and all the rumors and all all the controversy right now surrounding the team. I, th- I think if anything, it's brought the team closer together. I think they're, they're circling the wagons and the, and it's kind of an us against them mentality now. Um, a little bit, you know, a little bit of a wake up call for them that, you know, people are paying attention now. This is serious. This game is really important and you can't drop these points. Klinsman has made it clear. He's called, he called it a must win. This wasn't a media driven thing calling it a must win. He himself called it a must win game. And, uh, you know, I, I think the U.S. is going to respond and, and they, they always have in, in these conditions. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 2 nil U.S. in this one. 2 to 0? Uh, I, I am. I know, I know that U.S. defense might, might, I'm going, not be I'm going 2 1. I'm going 2 1 and the U.S. is going to make it interesting like they always do. It's possible. I, I think they're, I think Costa Rica is going to struggle uh, when, in the altitude and the cold. Remember, I mean, Costa Rica has been playing, you know, they played in the Caribbean, in the, in the Central American Championships in January where it was, it, it was hot. Uh, you know, they've been playing in hot weather and now they got to come here to the cold of, of Denver, Colorado. Uh, that and the altitude combined, I think is going to cause them a lot of problems. I say a Michael Bradley goal wins this late. That's my prediction. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go Josie Altador breaks the schneid. Oh, look, look at and, you, Ivis. Uh, he's gonna break the schneid. He's gonna come through with a goal, and then uh, I, I'm gonna go Hercules Gomez. I think Hercules Gomez is, is due. He, you know, he, he with the work that he puts in, you know, I, th- I think he's gonna put himself in a good spot. Uh, and, and, and my dark horse, I think Omar Gonzalez absolutely could get a goal because Costa Rica isn't that good on set pieces. They're not the biggest team. And he's been really good lately at, at getting his head on balls on, on, on set pieces. So I think he's someone that you, you shouldn't be surprised to see get a goal on Friday. Coincidence that Ivis picked two players that have been on the show recently? I say not. Let's move on to MLS soccer. Some games this weekend, Ivis. Even though it's all U.S. men's national team, there are some games. So rapid fire, we're going to go through all these games. D.C., Columbus, thoughts on that? Well, D.C. United, their they're, <clears throat> attack is struggling, but Bill Hamid is playing out of his mind. Uh, on the other side, Columbus has, has been struggling a bit to find consistency after that opening win, but, but, you know, you, their attack's gonna have to deal with the loss of, of Jairo Arrieta up, up front. Uh, I think DC United with Bill Hamid once again, I think he's gonna have another big game. He's just on great form, so, uh, I think he's gonna be the best player on the field. They're at home. They don't lose at home. They haven't lost at home in a long time. I'm gonna go with a 1-0 DC win in that one. Okay, let's move on. Sporting Kansas City, New England. Sporting Kansas City gonna be interesting to see what type of team they are without Graham Zuzi. 
not only Zussi, you have Graham Zussi and also Matt Beesler, uh, yes. the key to their defense. But there's always talk about their depth and, and the players that they can to their lineup. Uh, that, that's going to be the key. And also New England is still finding their feet a little. This is only their third game, and they didn't look good at all against Philadelphia. But they're at home. Uh, they showed last year, late last year, that they, they were starting to improve at home. Uh, but, you know, I still think they're a team in transition. Uh, I think this is going to be an ugly one. I think this will be, you know, if we're lucky, it's going to be a 1-1. Uh, but it wouldn't shock me if it's a zero zero. I think it's going to be a tough, a tough one. Uh, KC without Beesler and Zussi, they're going to struggle to to put, impose their will on this one. Pretty even game. I'm going to go. I'm going to go one one. I'm going to go with the Bankston. Oh, not Bankston's not even there. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a Lee win goal, and I'm going to go with a uh, an Aurelian Colin header and a one one draw. A one one draw. That's pretty specific. All right, let's move on to the next game. Montreal. Things riding high. They're home. Taking on the Red Bulls, who see, who, who seem like they kind of figured it out last week, and in, in their congratulations, their reward present for figuring out is a is a road trip to the hottest team in Major League Soccer. Yeah, that's a tough one for the Red Bulls. I mean, as good as they looked last last week, you know, they didn't find the net, they didn't score a goal. Now they go up to Montreal, and they're going to be missing a bunch of players. I mean, they're not going to have Tim Cahill; he's on international duty. Tim, Terry Henry has a bad knee. Hamas and Olave might not play now. And Juninho is probably not going to play. So that I mean, that's a lot of players for them to lose, even though they have some depth and they added some players recently this week. Mm-hmm. I think it's still a too tough a task. Montreal's playing really well right now, and they're at home. Even without Alessandro Nesta, uh, you have to like the impact in that one. Patrice Bernier is playing some of the best soccer in the league, and I think they're going to come away. I think, it's, I think 2-0 or 2-1 Montreal. Let's move on to the next game. We have... Houston at home versus Vancouver. Houston's going to be missing uh, the services of Brad Davis, who was added to the U.S. men's national team roster late. Houston is home, though. I think that they should be able to pull out that victory. Uh, yeah, you know, they, they, they're pretty tough at home, but, I mean, they're not only missing Brad Davis. They're also missing Oscar Boniat-Garcia, who is such a key to their attack. That's two, That's really the two driving forces in their attack. Uh, they're coming off that tough loss to, to D.C., and I, I mean D.C., the FC Dallas. Uh, and Vancouver, Vancouver's a tough team. You know, Vancouver is coming in pretty much full with a, a full contingent of players. Uh, it's a, it's a tough one to call because Houston's so tough at home, but how do they react? How do they respond? Where do they generate attack from without their two best midfielders? So that, that's going to be a tough one. Uh, you know, I think that, that one, I think Vancouver's good enough to get a draw out of that. Um, it's tough to win, though. It's tough to win in Houston. The narrow field, the, the conditions there are really tough for anyone to go in there and get three points. But I think the Whitecaps, because of what Houston is missing, I think they can take a point out of that one. I, uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Zero, I'm going to go zero zero again. I got Houston in that one. All right, next game, Dallas against probably the most depleted team for the international break. That's Real Salt Lake. I think, unfortunately for Real Salt Lake, they're just going to be way too many players short in this one. Right. I mean, when you talk about Ramondo, uh, Beckerman, you know, Will Beltran. Johnson's on, not Will Johnson. He's not even on the team anymore. Uh, Beltran. They, 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 who, who, oh, Beltran, Beltran, who may or may not start on Friday night for yeah. the U.S. Uh, that, that's a lot to, to, a lot to deal with. And they lost so much depth in the offseason that they just don't have that bench like they used to have. Uh, FC Dallas is riding pretty high. And it's funny, they're a two and one team, but they're not, they're probably one of the least impressive two and one teams I can remember. Mm-hmm in MLS play, but they have to come in confident off of that game, uh, that win against Houston. They're at home. Uh, and then, like you said, they're facing a depleted RSL team. Uh, I, I'm going to have to go with Dallas in that one. Uh, as much as it, it goes against everything that I normally think of when you talk about FC Dallas, I think the fact that they're, they're going to have, why are you hating on Dallas? Gonna, what's that? Why are you, why are you such a Dallas hater? 
I'm not a Dallas hater. They're just not as they're just not that good. I mean, they, they for the players they have, they should be much better. But again, hey, if they beat a depleted Real Salt Lake team, they're all of a sudden they're three and one. Exactly. Although, although, listen, they'll be three and one. And of the three games, one one was a a fluky win against Colorado. The other was a controversial win against Houston, uh, a tired Houston okay, team. Okay. Right. And then and then and then a shorthanded RSL team. Uh, wait, so okay, stop. None but, of that's listen. None of that's going to matter when, at exactly. the end of the year when you're counting. But but again, they're still not as a team. Are they going to compete for a title? Are they are they necessarily a playoff team? I still do not see it. And until they show it in the play. That I'm not going to buy it. You know the result. You know results. Sometimes results are a little misleading. On and, and when you talk about short sample size, I, I'm still not convinced. And when I see Dallas beat a very good team, uh, when every, everything being equal, then, then we can start talking about them. That's my opinion. Uh, well, Dallas fans, I got your back. If you win, you'll be three and one. Don't listen to what Ivis is saying. I'm also saying that because I'm going to be in Dallas for the next week. But that has nothing to do with the point. All right, let's move on. Let's talk. LA Galaxy versus Colorado Rapids. I, I think LA, LA Galaxy at home, they should easily take this one. Right. You know, Omar Gonzalez isn't going to be there. Robbie King's not going to be there. But they're such a deep team. They, they still have so much talent. Uh, you know, when you talk about Jose Villarreal, Jack McBean, the kids there that are looking so good. You have Mike McGee, obviously. So they still have enough weapons uh, to handle the Rapids. The Rapids are, are not looking good at all. They're, they're For me, right now, they're the, they're, they're the least impressive team in the league. Even though Deshaun Brown, the rookie forward, has looked good, he's impressed. Uh, scored a goal last week, um, but beyond him, there's you know I, I just don't see it with that team. And going out to LA is such a tough call. I think LA wins that one easily. All right, next game we have here is San Jose versus Seattle. San Jose's at home. I, I think San Jose at home will 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 win this one, even though it's going to be a pretty good matchup between these two teams. Well, you, I mean, the question is how healthy how healthy are they? I mean, they have so many injuries. They've been battling through these first games of the year with such a depleted team. Uh, having said that, Seattle is, is not going to have Eddie Johnson. That's a big blow for them, uh, for their attack. But I, I tell you what, man, Seattle has so many weapons. I think they can go to San Jose and get a win. I think, I think that now that they've had a week, you know, even though Eddie Johnson and I, I believe Obafemi Martins as well, I don't know if he's with the team, but I think they have so many uh, attacking options. Zakawani, Rosales, they're going to be missing Mario Martinez as well. Uh, you know what? That's a tough call. I mean, San, San Jose, you don't know what the – Victor Bernardes is not there. He's on international duty. There's so many guys that are out uh, on international duty. I'm going to go with Seattle. I, I just think as tough as it is to play in San Jose, I just think San Jose is still missing too many people, and I think Seattle has too many. They still have enough weapons even without the players who are missing. I'm going to go with uh, Seattle and a bit of a road upset. All right, and the last game is – I think it will be the most interesting game of the weekend – you have Chicago at home who can't figure out their scoring issues at all whatsoever. Then you have Chivas USA who's now, te- I mean, technically they've had their first away game last week, but they still stayed in LA. This is their first actual away, away game. So it'll be interesting to see what type of team they're going to be on the road. So, I mean, I mean, this game has so many question marks on it. Yeah, that's a, it's a tough one. The Fire have yet to score a goal this year. They haven't. They haven't clicked the way everyone thought they would click with all with with the new signings that they brought in. They're they're in dire need of an of some attacking help, an attacking boost. And now they play a Chivas USA team that has been better than anyone thought they'd be. But at the same time, defensively, you, you wonder how how Chivas is going to approach this game. Last week, it was clear they wanted to beat up the Galaxy. They wanted to make it an ugly physical game. Are they going to take that approach against a team that hasn't scored a goal this year, or are they going to try to attack more? Try to put the combination passes together and really attack them. 
that's the question. What's Chellis going to do? No one knows what Chellis is going to do. The guy's so unpredictable. I tell you what, it, it's that's probably a game no one is circling as a game they want to watch, but that could wind up being one of the more entertaining games of the weekend. That's just, what I'm saying. Just because of that. Just because, you know, Chivas, uh, between Chicago, you know, the Chicago's uh, anemic attack and Chivas' uh, questionable defense, uh, you know, you could finally see the fire get on the board and score some goals. I think this could actually end up being a shootout. I think it could be 2-2, uh, 3-3. I, I think the fire are going to get a win. They need a win. They need goals. And, and I think they're going to put it together. Uh, I'm going to go with a Chicago win. Well, there's our, all of our picks right there for the SBI show. Ivis, we're, we are running out of time on the first ever express show of the SBI podcast. What, what are your final thoughts as we go into this game tonight? Well, you know, I know a lot, there's a lot of nervous energy right now. The, a lot of U.S. fans are worried about the state of the team, the U.S. team, especially after this this con- this controversial story that came out that you know, put a light on, on things here. And, and I tell you what, just, just the sense I get here is that the reaction has been pretty strong and pretty positive for the U.S. team. I think they're, they're circling the wagons. They, it's bringing them closer together. It's forcing them to get closer together. Um, they realize what's on the line here. They know how important this game is even before everything that's gone down this week. Um, you know, they know that they cannot afford to lose this game and they really can't afford to tie the game either at the end of the day. Um, uh, you know, I think they're going to come together and they're going to win this game. Uh, you know, they still have enough talent there. Um, are there are there questions? Are there some concerns? Some issues are surrounding the U.S. team? Absolutely, those aren't going to go away. But I think they'll go on the back burner if they can get those three points. And and for their qualifying uh, life and purposes, they need that those three points because you don't want to go to Mexico City next week needing a win because you've never gotten one there. And and who knows, Mexico might go into that game needing a win if they lose to Honduras on Friday. I mean, they could have one point from two matches, and you don't even want to think about what Azteca is going to be like with 100,000 paranoid, nervous Mexican fans who are worried about their team even qualifying. That would be scary. So if you're the U.S., you need to take care of business, put these three points in the bag. And I think just the sense I get around this team right now is that they're 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 angry. They're, they're, they want to get on that field and get back to soccer and get back to the business of results and and forget about all the controversy and all, all this other stuff surrounding the team now. I'm with you on that. I think the U.S. will win this game tonight, and they get points, and everyone's happy, and, and we all go into the weekend joyous. Right, Ivis? That's, that's the plan? It's it's either going to be party time in Denver on Friday night, or it's going to be uh, it's going to be a funeral. Are you going to so, party? Well, I always party. Come on. What's your, wait? What's your drink of choice? Jack and Coke, all uh, day. I actually no, I don't drink. I don't drink. No, actually, yeah, I do drink. Stop Jack it! Stop Coke. it! You're trying like you're trying to come off as this like righteous guy. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't even pretend. If anything, to do that, I'm I, just... I think enough. I think enough U.S. fans around the country. Have seen me drink. Yeah, to know exactly. That I, 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 I couldn't even pull that off. If anything, car. I'm the squeaky clean one on this show. I wouldn't go that far either. I think I, I think maybe fewer people have seen you in action, but I'm pretty sure your your closet's pretty full with 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 all, with all kinds of stuff. You better believe it. <laughs> uh, that wraps it up for the show today, though. Ivis, have a good time in Denver. We'll talk again when you're in Mexico. Yes, sir. Hopefully, we can get a find a, a good internet connection, and, and I'll give you all the action down there in Mexico City. Yes, it's going to be a good time. Have a great weekend, everyone. Have a safe weekend. Enjoy the game. Don't do anything stupid this weekend. If the U.S. wins or loses, thank you for listening to the show. This is the SBI Podcast.